Well, here we are again, back at the Conflab with Nate Cartledge, which is me. Hey, I'm so humbled and stoked to have you in this space with me today. Let's tap on in. All right, before we get started, we just want to thank our great friends at Studio 6 Burley on the Gold Coast. They are such a great support to me and the Conflab helping us get this out to you all the time. So if you're a content creator, if you have a a long-term podcast or you're looking to start a podcast or you need a studio for anything, reach out to them at Studio 6 at Burley on the Gold Coast. They are amazing. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. It's I gonna appreciate be, the invitation. It's um, going to be fun. It's, a, it's really good because this is where I want to go. This is what I want to do, get out there and in front of people and help, help people how we can. How do you help people? How, look at you straight into it. You know what you're doing, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> um, it's, my, it's my 40th rodeo. The 40. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just believe that we don't do what we need to do to help ourselves and then we're always asking for help for stuff that we don't need help with if we just take a basic some basic habits and implement them in life yeah pretty much yeah that's a good start hey welcome to the conflab everyone it's so good to have you all back here from wherever you are and whatever you're doing we are just so uh grateful uh to be able to bring the show to you today and a quick side note, I have to shout out our good friends down at MC Sandwich House. If you need, if you're on the Gold Coast and you want a really good sandwich and a good coffee and a nice cold beer, they're the place to go. Hey guys, thanks for always hooking us up. We love you. Thanks, mate. It's lunchtime. <laughs> you start with that. Today, I'm uh, blessed to have uh, my second cousin. Actually, it's a funny story because we didn't know that about each other when we first met. But my second cousin in the studio today, Kingsley Collie, and uh, Kingsley is a very successful multi-business operational person. He's got a f- couple of businesses on the go, and he's found a space that he loves, and we want to echo that space today and let everyone hear what he's doing and what he's, what, what he's about. The biggest thing that I'm really personally attracted to about what he's doing is it's more about the self-space than it is about the outside space. And we so often as humans, we want to uh, get knowledge and give knowledge rather than get knowledge and do knowledge. You know, knowledge that's not applied is is useless, you know, and it only ever turns into wisdom when we actually apply it. So Kingsley's uh, released a book and a couple of uh, training programs that really help, like he's got a roadmap uh, that really help people with self-leadership. And it's a space that I'm personally heading down the road maybe in the future. Um <laughs> But it's something that I've spent a lot of time on in my own life. So, Kingsley, thank you for being here. Pleasure. Thanks it's, for the invite. It's great to have you, mate. So, if you want to just give a little uh, bio of yourself for everyone, that would be great. Brief bio. Okay. Brief bio. Um, it's hard to know where to start. <laughs> Generally, I, like we, we like people starting. Actually, no. You know, like I don't care where people start. I've had people start at the end, then we take them back to the beginning, then they go to the middle and so yep. wherever you want. Okay. So I grew up in New South Wales originally, so a blue supporter. Okay. Uh, that's very we, important right now. We, we, yes, it is actually. Uh, <laughs> what's going on with what's going on with Joey? Is it Joey or Brad Fiddler's going? Uh, I'm not sure. Not being down there. I haven't been following it too much, but I don't like the fact that they got Billy Slater in as a Queensland coach. 
because that guy, to me, is the best footballer ever. Mm. And strategically, I don't think you get any better than him. There you go. Well, um, yeah. so I'm not impressed by that. But anyway, that's where we are. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I actually did play footy. Oh, did and, you? Uh, yeah, league and union when I was at school, quite a bit. What was um, the town you grew up in? What little place called Kempsey? Ah, nice. Yes, yeah. I know Kempsey well. So if you blink, you go through it, it's and about, you haven't missed anything. So it's about midway between uh, the Gold Coast and Sydney. Yeah, pretty for much. people for geographical references. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much. Yeah. So surrounded by beautiful beaches and beautiful land and that yeah. sort of thing, uh, without a doubt, it's a gorgeous place as far as that goes. Uh, I was there for for a while till I was fourteen, then moved to Brisbane, um, and then from there just. Been on the Sunshine Coast, been over in America for a while, been on the Gold Coast, and had a number of businesses, uh, done different ministry things, creative arts, youth, different things like that. So a, a quite a range, varied range of different things like that. A little stint on radio as well. Uh, so that was really good just to add to it. So you're not uncomfortable today then, which is good. Mate, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, welcome to my cupboard. Thank you. <laughs> it's a nice cupboard you've got too, by the way. Uh, I'm going to start off with um, one of the hard things that people really f- find difficult to answer. And um, so it's, I'm just going to come straight off the back. Who is Kingsley? Uh, I think Kingsley is evolving all the time. Uh, he's a person that, uh, as a kid, was bullied a bit at school, quite a bit, especially in primary school. Um, loved sport. Love, love music, doing all that sort of thing. Uh, I thought, when I was younger, I thought I sort of had things together a bit. Then as you go through life, you realise you don't. Um, and the more I get through life, the more I realise you really don't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's just one great big evolution after the other. Uh, I try to be someone who is encouraging wherever possible, um, to find the good in people as much as possible in situations. Um, I'm a father. I'm a husband, uh, businessman, uh, try coach, all of these things. Uh, but I think more than anything, probably just wanting to help people, as we say in the to, today's not tomorrow, uh, create the life you want. Yeah. Which involves every aspect of life. You can't miss anything out if you're going to do that. Yeah. You, you did explain um, very well, by the way, thank you, uh, because people do get stumped on that question, especially if I haven't told them they're going to ask it. Yeah. Um, and you explained very well. Oh, there was a little bit of human doing in that. So we're human beings, not doings. Yep. So if I was to drill down on the very being of, of Kingsley, like the very core in the soul, what would I find? What would you find? Yeah. Um, like what, what could be a couple of words that would – would explain what I'd find in your soul as Kingsley. But the Kingsley before you were Kingsley Collie, before you were Collie, who was that person? Yeah, I think it's someone who's pretty passionate about stuff. Um, Someone who I think, and again, this may be a doing thing, but I think over years being someone who originally was pretty self-centered probably, um, has learnt to be, I think, someone who's more, more caring, optimistic, learning. The word love. Yeah. Yeah. That obviously means a lot to you. Um, yeah, 
I'll give you a minute there. Why does that word tangle you up? I think well, actually, probably shouldn't say tangle you up because it, it may it may be a, a, a great expression of of emotion. We we not tangling. Yeah, you no, up. probably a bit of both. Yeah, probably okay. a bit of both. You're well, right. So, what is that? I think probably because I'm a crybaby. So, just excuse that. Run with it. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. There's been plenty of tears shared. This little <laughs> box, mate. I tell you right now, they're happy ones. I think. Yeah, good. Probably because I learnt really what that was after getting divorced. Yeah. Now, it's something we should learn before then, well before then. And I think a large part of whether you know what that is or not has to do with our upbringing and what's around us. Um, and it took that to happen for me to really learn what it actually was. So, so we both grew up in the faith space within church, within and a religious organisation. Both of yeah. us did. We're, both our families were involved in it pretty heavily and and we both still carry a deep faith within us, Absolutely. however that's expressed. Yeah. Um, but it took the divorce to teach you the one word that we should have learnt in a religious – and I'm, please, I'm not going to go out bagging religious organisations. No way. Because no. the one thing in the scriptures it says is God is love. Mm. So without God there is no love. You know, so that's where it comes from. Love comes from God. Yeah. However, we grow, both of us grew up in that space, and I can attest that that would be the same journey for me. It wasn't until I probably hit my biggest trauma in life, the biggest pain, the biggest hurt, that I realized what love really was. Mm. And so if you could explain that for us, that would be great. Yeah, I think growing up, um, coming through similar to you, uh, the parents were pastors. Yeah. But they got kicked out of the church <laughs> because <laughs> obviously it wasn't what you should be and what should be happening. So that ended up happening. Um, I remember um, as a kid, I was probably four or five years old, and uh, a lot of people have flies and mosquitoes and things flying around the house. We had some plates and cups and saucers <laughs> and things flying around the house. <laughs> and... Uh, I, I was four or five years old and I'm just standing there in the middle of all this going on and yelling and screaming and swearing and carrying on and I couldn't understand. And then next thing you know, um, my dad went out, bought another set of crockery and stuff because we needed it and wasn't there and started the same thing again. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Why would you do that? You just bought that. Why are you doing that? I had, had no concept, no idea of what was going on. And so when that's there, I think you don't fully get a great understanding of what real love is. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I, I, th I thought I did. I really thought I did for years. Yeah. But it wasn't until later that I realised I really didn't. I had a lot of head knowledge of what should be and what certain things to do. And it's interesting because in, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 is known as the love chapter. Yeah. Um, Part of what I love about that is the first three verses. Yeah. It says you can do all this amazing stuff that most most Christians are going to go, I do this and this and this. But then it says, but if you don't love, you're just noise. You're just noise. We don't want you around here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of us, and, and me to a degree, was that. Okay. And then I learned from verse 4 to 7 what love actually is. Yeah. 
And we can all do some stuff, yeah. but when you actually implement the next slot, yeah. it's hard. Yeah, those next four scriptures, they're probably the hardest things to live by. Yeah. Because, you know, we are humans. Yeah. Talk to us about the divorce. We, we spoke a little bit before we started here about the divorce and there was parts of that. What, what happened there? What was the breaking down? Um, not sure exactly what it was. I think it was a combination of a whole whole bunch of things. Um, but the reality is, you know, we can, we can point fingers wherever we like. We can say whatever we want. Yeah. But the reality is I'm responsible for me. Yeah. And I'm responsible for me being the best person that I can be. Yeah. And if not gonna if I'm not gonna do that and be that, stuff's gonna happen, no matter what else happens. Okay. So what is what is the for you in all this? What what's what's happened through that that's actually benefited benefited you and your life now? And obviously it was it was quite a horrific time. Yeah. And absolutely and, and I wanna actually go there after this. But what's the for you? I think it's really important for – and the reason I'm coming from this angle is I've heard this quite a lot. You know, things happen to us in life which are not fair or maybe mm. our responsibility but mm. still are not great. But they we need to turn them into a for us. Mm. And and so what would that be? What would be your, the biggest thing that's helped you benefit from this situation? Yeah, I, I think just going through something like that is going to do something to you. And if you don't change after that, then – You've got issues, serious issues. One of the big things is learning what love is Yeah, to start with and then start outworking more of that. Um, It's helped. It's been the foundation of putting together the whole coaching course. So this isn't just something that's like good ideas from some people. This is actually years and years and years of learning, changing, growing, developing, challenging myself to become a bigger, better person that I ever possibly could be. And, um, and I'm still changing, I'm still growing, I'm still learning. And I hope I never stop that until the day I leave this planet. Yeah. Because if I do, I've lost it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, um, Rich, it's Reverend, oh, I can't remember. Um, he's a Franciscan priest. Anyway, Richard Raw. Richard Raw, yeah. And he says there's two stages of life, one leading up and then one understanding and Obviously, this moment um, where you realised, whether it was a divorce or whether it was whatever it was, uh, like we can say it's an epiphany or an awareness or an awakening or enlightenment or whatever we want to talk, call it, we get these opportunities. If we don't take them on, we seem to circle back around until they keep hitting us over the mm. head and saying, when are you going to humble yourself? You know, yep. When are you going to lay it down and humble yourself and go, it's not all about you, so now let's make it about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, during that process, we were talking a little bit before we started here. Where, where did this end up for you? Like, obviously, understanding that a marriage breakup is probably one of the highest points of grief outside of death, mm. like a relationship breakdown completely. Where did this? Ta- where did this take you? In all honesty, I felt like that would have been a lot easier, to be totally honest. Um, and from what, talk- dying, having someone die. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if everyone's the same, but I know growing up from a, a family that, you know, I was divorced. That was the last thing that was ever going to happen to me. Yeah. I was so determined about that. So much for that. <laughs> um, we can all have the best intentions, yeah. but it's the actions and habits and things like that we have in life that will make the, the difference yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, 
so yeah, so I, I guess what it what it did is it made me change and do things. So what I started doing is I lived near the beach, so I went to the beach every morning. I got up about five thirty, six o'clock, and I'd go and run six or eight k's. Uh, and then I'd go for an ocean swim afterwards. Now, at the time... So this was a habit that you developed to yeah. help deal with? Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to help deal with it. Because I knew if I didn't get out of bed and do something, I wasn't going to get out of bed. Yeah, okay. It's just, that's where it's at. When you're at that place where it's like, you don't want to get out of bed, you don't want to see anybody, you just want to stay there. Um, but the good thing is I had kids, so I had no choice. Yeah. And I had to earn some money, so I had no choice. Yeah. And there was all these outside pressures that actually in the midst of my misery and depression and everything were actually good for me yeah. because it forced me into doing stuff. Yeah. And so I would do that, but sometimes I would, <laughs> after the run, you go for the swim and, um, and you think, you know what, I could just keep swimming. Nobody would care. No, it would be mine. Be all fine. And I remembered I had three kids that needed me. I'd literally run through my mind about all the different people who it would affect. And it was fine until I got through my, to my kids. I'm like, I can't do this. I couldn't do it to them as far as having that done to them. But also I'm thinking, what does that teach my kids about life and what to do? Now, would I have ever done it? I don't think I ever would. But the temptation was definitely there on numerous occasions. And I ran through those things in my mind. So I'd go back and I'd get myself together. The reality is running, swimming, early morning sunlight and everything else like that is the best thing I could have possibly done from a scientific basis and how it actually affects our bodies. So that to me is what kept me from actually just being a hermit in a room. Yeah, or keep swimming. Yeah, or keeping swimming. Well, I'm Absolutely. very. I'm, thank you so much for sharing, mate. I, I know how deep, deep that um, wound is because we don't really pay enough attention to the wounds we cause ourselves, mm. and our thoughts cannot define who we really are. They really can't. And those mm. thoughts there, they didn't define who you are. They were there for a moment. Yeah. And um, and like you said before, ever evolving. So if we allow those thoughts to continue, they'll evolve into something a lot greater mm. and then the next thing happens and then the next thing happens and you're on the edge of a cliff or you swum too far and you're wondering how the f did I get here, you know, yeah. how, how did that happen? But it's ever evolving. So well done for uh, allowing the thoughts of your children and the, the reality of what they, what example you're going to be, beat those uh, depressive thoughts. And how far were you down the depress depression rabbit hole in that, in that time? I uh, don't know how far. I went to a doctor and was diagnosed, but is that something that they do? Because as a scenario, I don't know. Yep. Um, I do know without doing that and doing those exercises and things, I know it was hard to get out of bed. Uh, I know going to bed and I didn't want to go to bed at night. Yeah, okay. I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. I didn't want to do any of that. Um, I literally slept with my laptop. Right. I would play YouTube clips of... Um, either preaching or motivational stuff or things like that every night. That's how I went to bed. And that just played all night. Right. I did that for months and months and months uh, to do it. But I, I do want to make a point on the whole feelings thing because we all have feelings and people take a lot of notice of their feelings. Now they're real. Feelings are very real. 
But at the same time, they're just an indicator. They're not telling us what actually is going on necessarily. It's pointing us to an issue or something that is happening. It's up to us to do something about that, not just obey the feelings. Yeah, that's that's actually really brilliantly said because uh, I would echo, uh, I think it's Gary Smalley who wrote the book DNA of Relationships way back when before they started making a course all about bringing marriages back together and so on. And uh, uh, he he makes this statement scientifically that our our feelings and our emotions in uh, our, our thoughts, our, our, our mind, our feelings and our emotions and our spirit all need to connect. And they are like the, the signals in a, at, a, at a stoplight, a red, yellow, green. And our feelings and emotions are indicators telling our mind that there's something wrong, but if our mind is not mature enough to be able to handle it, it will react to the feeling or emotion, how the feeling or emotions feel it, yep. rather than connecting with our spirit and saying, Hey spirit, what should I do about this indicator? Mm. And our spirit gives us the wisdom to be able to handle that properly. And then on the back of that, I'd say also uh, one of my favourite is Viktor Frankl's statement um, that there's a space between stimulus and response that shows our growth and our freedom. Mm. So if we can take those moments, it's just a feeling. This is a feeling. This is an emotion I'm feeling. It's anger. So you don't pick the glass up and throw it at your wife, or you don't. Go, you don't react off it straight away. You just take those moments and go, why is this? Why am I angry? What is, it's okay to be angry, but why am I angry? Mm. Rather than I'm going to react off it. So eloquently put, my beautiful. And um, and again, how is how is your family now? How are the girls and how are your kids now? Oh, they're going great. Absolutely smashing it in life. Um, you know, two girls. So did they, did they know <clears throat> how, how you were? No. You hid that. I, I had to be a certain person for them. So they're now going to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they probably would have had some idea, I would imagine, but I did whatever I could to to be the person, the dad that they needed at the time. I did everything I could. My whole effort was around being the dad that I had to be. And whatever that took, um, I was going to do that. And it was hard. It was really hard. Um, I remember there was one time my eldest daughter, she was a dancer and she was doing her last recital. Now, for me, I was I was at everything. I was that dad that was just at everything. There was a sports carnival. I rocked up. There was a pre- presentation, a production. I was there. I did it the whole time. And something happened. I think the car broke down or something. And I couldn't get to her final recital. And it killed me because I'd never missed anything. absolutely killed me and today i still feel that really yeah it it may not seem like a big thing um but it was the last one of school uh before she was leaving so it was the last thing the the big thing was a big exam she was so excited for me coming and i couldn't get there and it just killed me and it's these little things that often trip people up we got to learn to get over yeah and move on because people forgive us. Yeah. We got to forgive us. Yeah. As yeah. well. Yeah, well said. We have to forgive us. And um, actually, in the words of my, my counsellor, I have uh, a great relationship with my counsellor. And she even says, further than forgiveness, it, it's sometimes we get tripped on forgiveness for ourselves. Mm. But further than that, it's okay. 
It's okay. It, it's all okay. Right there mm. and then. It's we don't have to get too deep on it. And, um, I, I love that. But um, so the kids are growing. Yeah. Smashing it in life. And yeah, they're, they're great. They've got, because we is the oldest one. Um, she's uh, married. They bought a house. Um, so she's got a career going in the film and television industry. Um, and uh, well, the other daughter, she's a, a PT who's incredibly passionate. And I just interviewed her for my podcast. Awesome. Uh, just not, not just PT though, but it's nutrition and the mindset and everything else that goes on with it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they're they're absolutely smashing life. Incredibly proud. And my other son, he's sixteen in high school and uh, just starting to get through there. He's got a great group of guys around him. Oh, that's awesome. Um, which to me is the best. Makes this right now. That's the best thing you can possibly. That have. age, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah we become the five. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's awesome to hear. Um, <laughs> yeah, I won't go there with the. I have an analogy for the. We become the five people we hang out with. You know the, yep, the yep. psychological. Test it. Uh, I have a little analogy for that. It says just because we go and stand in a car park won't make us a car. Yeah. <laughs> true. But it is true that we become the five. And now, moving on in life, you've met another beautiful lady. Yep. And a married. Yep. Lisa. So we married uh, three and a half years ago. It'll be four years in October. Right. We got married. Uh, that's a whole story, but that's a whole story and how that happened. Uh, we were actually set up by mutual friends and I was going to have nothing to do with that. So I tried everything I could for it not to happen, but it didn't work. It didn't work. It was meant to. Yeah. It was one of those. <laughs> it was. Yeah. And how's the relationship with your ex, if you don't mind me asking? Um, it's it's just there. I It's a, at a point where um, we get on, you know, we communicate, we talk when we've got to talk and that sort of thing. Um, she's got remarried, really nice guy. Um, so, and you know, hopefully everything goes well for them. Uh, seems, seems like it is, like I said, he's a nice guy and, uh, and that's good. And I, I just wish them well and hope everything goes really well. And obviously with kids, you know, there's certain communication and things that you happen, have happen. Yeah. Um, and she's got a bunch of good friends and things. So, um, yeah, they, they get their life happening. I've got my life happening and it's just focusing on where we're going now. That's awesome, mate. It's good to hear. Um, it's not nice to hear people who can't. Uh, communicate for one reason or another. Yeah, but it, it's good to hear. I've, I've um, been listening to a little bit of of a couple of people who talk about the uh, conscious decoupling, the proper decoupling from relationships, and it's really interesting how that sort of stuff and co-parenting and all that stuff comes in. But that's uh, for another time. Um, I want to get into like thank you so much for giving us all that. Um, amazing, mate. You draw stuff out. Really well. <laughs> so no, you're very good at what you do. <laughs> thank you, Kingsley. Um, it's it's like I, I I'm always enamoured by the stories that come out of mm. here, and um, truly blessed to be able to be a part of people's lives who share this sort of stuff. And I do believe deeply, deeply, deeply believe that we're given these opportunities in life rather than traumas. They look like traumas. They're painful to go through. Yep. They they will make us ask the deepest and deepest questions of our whole life, like what are we actually really made of? Mm. And growing up in a religious organisation, sometimes I think we think we're going to avoid a suffering and we're going to avoid trauma because we're protected. And that's the biggest load of horseshit I've ever heard. Yep. Um, we're actually designed to suffer. And when we get on that path and we get peaceful with that path, then the suffering becomes more of an education mm. 
and we don't resist it. We can breathe through it. We can understand it. Yeah. And um, so I really appreciate what you're saying, and I, and I do believe that this this moment that something happens, if we grab a hold of that, then that not only is it going to change our life, but it's going to send us on a trajectory to change the world. Mm. And I've heard that so many times. So, mate, um, really, can pre- I just say something in there? Absolutely. One of the biggest things that I learned. I really try to help other people understand is that if you don't deal with your crap, it will come back to haunt you. Yeah. There's no way you can not deal with something and it doesn't affect you. And we talk about this a lot because the whole thing about where you went with forgiveness and that sort of thing, until you can learn to do that, until you can focus on where you're going, until you can allow real Love, that's where love comes in. And that forgiveness and everything else that's there so that that doesn't have a grip on you anymore. Until then, you're trapped. And you can't be who you want to be and you can't be and do what we're created to do. It just, that's one of the biggest things if I could get across anything is deal with it, whatever it is, whoever it is, whatever's gone on, deal with it. Yeah. Then and only then are you free. Yeah. And deal and deal with it well. And like Kingsley said, like you said, mate, I absolutely 100% believe if you don't deal with your crap, it just gets bigger. Mm. The next time around, it's got that crap plus the next crap that you've mm. – it just keeps getting bigger. And I know – for my life, I think that I've I've always been a sponge when it comes to learning. I've always wanted to learn. I've always wanted to understand. I've always been quite curious, but it hasn't been until probably the last five years. I mean, I may have started this journey back around 2011, and that's uh, 13 years ago now, 12 years ago now. But it wasn't until the last five years that I really started to see that it was I was the work. I was it, and I needed to do the work on me. Um, and I, and then and then it went to another level. Is I am the work, and I'm the hard work, and it's not going to be easy, but the effect is for others. Mm. The effect is not for me. The effect mm. has to be for others. So it's like that's enough about you. But now let's make it about you, so then you can make it about others. Mm. Yeah, I, totally. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I always tell people, you're going to operate out of one of two places: fear or love. And, and we see how we operate. Like we get a text message or someone does something to us and we want to reply. Before we do that, go, is that reply out of my own fears yeah. and my own sensitivities or is that out of love? Mm. Which one is it? When things happen to us at home as they do or wherever it is, are we going to respond and react out of our personal fears or are we going to take a love approach? Because if we take the second one, it changes everything. Our mindset changes, our thought process changes, our heart rate changes, mm. our feelings change. Yeah. Everything changes based on how we operate. Yeah. And when I learned that, when that clicked, everything else changed. So, you've uh, your whole coaching is based around this this, this uh, little booklet here called "Creating Your Ultimate Tomorrow Today," and um, 
you what you just spoke about then is you've developed 10 little principles that help people make that a habitual reaction mm. rather than a than a tried reaction like it becomes natural yeah and so you've developed these 10 principles around that we're but still I, tempted in the other way, in both ways. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we're never... Oh, if someone cuts you off in traffic, bang, straight <laughs> yeah. away, you know. Um, or, uh, yeah, I could name a few that I do on a daily basis <laughs> that, that tick everyone off. But, um, yeah, but understanding that we, we have the ability to shift those things um, and then getting the wisdom through your own tried and proven mm. uh, roadmap and stuff. So there's a couple of things I really want to dig into um, like you had a quite a successful business with real estate. You had other things going on. So why the shift into this? This is a passion. I enjoy business. I enjoy marketing. I enjoy all that sort of stuff. It's definitely something I enjoy. Strategy, thought, all that sort of stuff. I love it. It's great fun. Creativity. This is a passion. Yeah. This is what I want to leave as my legacy. Yeah, great. Of who I am, what I stood for, and how I help people. Yeah. So what do you think of it? I don't know if you've uh, read any of Gay Hendricks stuff. He wrote the book, The Big Leap. Don't think so. Uh, and The Big Leap talks about the four zones that we operate out of, our zone of incompetence. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our zone of competence, our zone of uh, excellence, and then the zone of genius. So if I can understand, it, if I can put those, or what you're saying in a box, your digital marketing company and your real estate business that you were involved with and everything else that you were doing was all well in your zone of excellence. But this is in your zone of genius. This is who you are. Mm. Yeah. Do you have a fair understanding of your values? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Could you name us a couple? Yeah. One is love. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Um, and you're going after that, which is great. Yeah. And, and abundance. Abundance. Yeah. Which is everything in life. It's not a bit of life. Yeah. Um, oh, I like that. Like That is everything in life, not a bit of life. Yeah. You can't have it in one area, one thing. Every, our values need to be our values for everything. Mm. It can't just be one part of our life. Otherwise, we're lopsided. Yeah. And, you know, I know I'm constantly trying to readjust and assess things. One of the biggest things that I think we miss out on is the fact of we're not self-aware. Mm. Yeah. So we'll have thoughts, we'll have feelings, we'll do certain things. By the time we're... 35, 70% of our waking moments are done on autopilot. Wow. We don't need to think about what we're doing. Yeah. We just do it. Yeah. When we get up, have a shower, drive to work, whatever it is, that's, it's, you just do it. You don't have to think about it. And habits are there for a reason, so we don't have to think about it. Because if we had to think about anything, we'd get nothing done. That's exactly right. Um, but we're not self-aware. So what happens is we just go through life and it's like, well, I went to the gym today. Or so why did you go to the gym? Well, that's what I've got to do. Yeah, but why are you going to the gym? What what's the point the point behind it? Because if you don't have a reason and a value added to that, something hard will come up, you'll stop, you're done. It doesn't work. Um, if you're walking your dog. And you're not someone that's known for cleaning up stuff. <laughs> you may not do that. Yeah, I had to do that this morning out in front of my house. <laughs> someone had let their dog yep. show their bad values. Yeah. And so are you the type of person that does pick up? Yeah. Or are you not? 
And when we start to think about things, like you just talked about MCs downstairs before. Um, so if you're going to eat there and you're going to eat a certain food, why are you eating that food? Does that align with the rest of your values, the rest of the life that you want to live and where you want to go? Or is that sort of pulling you away from that? Yeah, it's good. Uh, so we, we, being self-aware of every aspect of our life is critically important. I think I remember when my kids were growing up, I would never answer their questions. I'd always ask them questions and that infuriated them. They absolutely hated it, but I wanted them to learn to think and come up with solutions and answers. And now um, I wonder if I may have overdone it, but <laughs> they think oh, about everything. Yeah. They've got a reason, a purpose for everything that they're doing and every every aspect of their life. It's all thought through. It's all happening and why they believe what they believe and why they don't believe in certain things. Yeah. Uh, they're self-aware. Yeah. That's brilliant, mate. Um, and I, yeah, too have to, like, I don't, I don't think people do uh, carry their life that way. They they go in a, this process of habitual routine. Like I, I, I have a fairly stacked uh, morning routine, and sometimes I cannot be self-aware. Of, you know, I just, I just do my normal routine, and it's a, a good stack. And it's not until I don't do it, mm. and then I realise why I do do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I turn totally. into an asshole. I could turn into a, not a very nice person. Not not that I do react that bad. And I start asking myself a question: Why are you off? Why are you not feeling great? And I realise I'm not following my morning stack. Mm. I'm not doing it properly. So self awareness is such an important key to being able to rule your life by your values properly, isn't it? Brilliant, mate. What's more important: habits or mindset? Habits. Habits. So habits come first to change the mindset. I think it, it's it's actually an interesting question. I would say I try and ask ones like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's two angles you can come at this from yep. in all reality. But if we don't have our right habits in place, it's going to throw other things off, like you just talked about with your morning routine. Yeah, and what happens to your mindset when you're out of whack? Absolutely, yeah. it's gone. It's gone. So you can only put your mindset in the right place if you've got your right habits and routines in place. Now you can try, um, and I've heard people describe, you try and change your thinking with your mind and you can't do it. It's like grabbing fog with your hand. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, That's what it's like. And that's why we've got to have the right habits in place. Even though in that book, the top one is mindset. Yeah, But to get there, you've got to have your your habits in place. Yeah. Right. Great answer. Because um, I've looked at it quite often and, and thought a lot about the toxic positivity space. And I've had these conversations and I, I personally believe that I can't convince myself to be something that I know I'm not. Mm. Because I know I'm lying. You can do it for a short period of time. Yeah. But eventually I know I'm lying. Yeah. And it's not a long period of time. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's better to perform my way into yeah. um, having a better mindset than to think my way into a, a better performance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to hear someone say it because I've actually been thinking a lot about that. And I asked a, 
a great digital mentor, Cody Jefferson, the same question, and he came back with exactly the same answer. He said, you can do both. He said, but it's a lot easier to have it your way into better thinking than think your way into better happening. Mm. Yeah. And so um, you did the um, Andy Frizzell's 75 hard. How I read that you took a year to get into the 75 hard. I had to talk myself into it. Yeah. For two reasons. One, it's 75 days and it's hard. Yeah. It's the name. <laughs> the second reason, I had chronic fatigue when I was younger. Okay. Um, I was off work for two years. Couldn't work. I eventually got back into work. I decided to ride my push bike to work one day for, uh, it was probably about two Ks. I was in bed for a week. Couldn't get out of bed. Um, I decided to go to, all right, I can get back to the gym and do this. I did that. I didn't go to back to the gym again for years after wow. that. It just totally did me in. Chronic fatigue. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was a process of working that through food, diet, what you can do, what you can't do. Uh, the specialist that eventually diagnose it, it's like having chronic PMT. Yeah, well, so the, the girls would understand. Yeah. That's what it's like. You want to sleep, you're tired as, but you can't sleep. You want to be awake, but you can't because you need to sleep, but you can't actually sleep because your mind's going and your body's doing all sorts of stuff, all that sort of thing. It's, it's the weirdest thing ever. When I first saw people have it, I, I'm like, oh, really? Are you serious? There's not even anything wrong with you. <laughs> and I was always a relatively healthy sort of person. Um, but, yeah, and, it's, and that's what's so frustrating. When you're someone that's always on the go <laughs> and you can't, I just I was uh, going to work. I decided I'm just tired. I'm going to take a day off finally. Uh, I took a day off. And that was it. Didn't go back to work for two years. Wow. Just, you, you did 75 hard. Oh, yeah. So it took me a year because I'm like, am I in a place now where I can actually do this? If I'm going to take on this challenge, because it's a big challenge. To start with, most of it's okay. But when you've got two 45-minute exercises every day you've got to do for 75 days, that's huge. Um, but I also knew at the same time I need to better myself again. I'm got to this point, what am I going to do to better myself? How can I improve and be a better person again? Uh, and so that's why I decided to take it on. But it was 12 months to convince myself to do it. I, I really like how you explained how you got through it. Um, I like how, because, you know, I've watched a lot of people doing the 75 hard uh, challenge and, and all props to everyone. And Andy Frisella's now, like him and Jock, can't remember what Jock's like. Yeah, uh, got a great podcast and mm. um, and they've been through a, quite a lot together. And it's it's fantastic. But the way you explained how you got through it uh, is the way that I think we should take on any mountain. And it's like you said, well, look, I'm just going to do 30 days. Mm. And I, I can't see 75. I can only see 30. And then you got to 30 and went, oh, oh, well, I'm almost at halfway, so I'm, I'm going to go to halfway. And then so little bit by little bit you got to all the way to 75. And it was, so where did that come from? Where did that mindset come from? Um, I honestly didn't think I could finish it. Yeah, right. So I'm like, if I can do 30, I've got to be happy with that. That's, that's really quite an achievement for where I thought I was at. Yeah. So I was going to be happy with that. So I did that and then just a little bit more. And then I got closer and I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to try and finish this. Now, in saying that, because one of those exercises has to be outside. So I remember distinctly twice out running 
and there was a lightning storm here. <laughs> so it's pelting down with rain. There's lightning all around the place. Uh, yes. And I was freaked out, man. <laughs> I just got home as quick as I possibly could. <laughs> I was scared. Okay. So I just got home and did that. But you had to do it. Yeah. If you're going to c- complete it. Because if you miss one thing, yeah. you go back to the beginning. Yeah. Which on my second phase, I did. Oh, really? Yeah, the second phase, because there's four phases you can total, do in total. I've only done three. I haven't done the fourth one because it's all got to be in a routine, et cetera. Um, but the second the second phase, I stuffed up, I think it was our sixth or seventh day. And I was so angry with myself. <laughs> and I had to go back and start again, <sighs> the second phase. You didn't really have to. You just had to. I had to. <laughs> you couldn't let that. You couldn't. You're too competitive with yourself. No, that's that's one of the good things about it because it comes. Yeah. You do an app and everything like that, and you're accountable. You're accountable to nobody. You could lie. You can do whatever you like. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but yeah. is that self accountability yeah. that kicks in yeah. when you do something like this? And that's one of the reasons I I believe everybody needs to challenge themselves on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get into that because you you at, at the back of doing this challenge, you are changed you've had comment that you've visibly changed not just your physique but you've visibly changed you as a as a person Mm. and so you would attest to having the 75 day hard challenge and i remember actually i know a a whole bunch of people who did it and yeah i remember seeing videos of them running at 11 15 at night leaving the house because they'd forgotten to go for their second exercise to get that in before midnight because they didn't want to reset yeah yeah, I saw plenty of that stuff. Yeah, you do what it takes. Do what it takes. <laughs> so let's run through uh, some of these things that you've got in your book here. The, the 10 points that you've got, starting with, with one. And what I want to do is I, I just want to run through these. So these are the changes that you found come out of doing a challenge like this. I would have to say that the, the, the challenge probably unlocked these things that were within you. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Because too often we're looking externally for things, but you know, we're created and designed and given everything that we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Can you say that again? That is so, so important. So we, I firmly believe like, let's go to the beginning of this. We, when we're born, we are, we have as study, as studies been shown, we have 400 personality, psychological personality traits. Wow. They get shaped by our society, by our culture, by where we grow up, by our people become the five all that sort of stuff. But we are designed and created with everything in us to carry out what we're created for. Mm. Uh, and we, it's our job, our, our journey is to unlock that. Mm. That's the beautiful mess of life. And I call it a beautiful mess because, yeah, it is a mess. It's, it's not hard. It's not easy. It's quite hard. And people who are lazy with it will find it even harder because it doesn't get easier. And like I said before, I think we're, we think we're avoid of suffering, but we need suffering to unlock these things. Mm. So we have everything within us. We're designed that way, yep. created that way um, to carry out everything that we were created to do. And that's a good point because a lot of people get hung up on, I don't know where I want to go. I don't know what I want to do. What's my vision? Who am I? Where do I fit? All that sort of stuff. And it's like, don't stress over it. Like I know a lot of kids, they'll get to grade 10, 11 or 12 and they don't know what they want to do. Yeah. 
Don't worry about it. Yeah, it'll come. <laughs> I used to be like that with my kids going, come on, you got to know where you're going. We're not what you want to do. Yeah. And I realized that was the worst thing I could do for them. Putting too much pressure on that, not letting them bring that mess out like yeah. you talk about and develop and evolve into who they actually are and who, where they want to go. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a big, big, important thing. And even as adults, a lot of people still don't know doesn't matter what what do you enjoy just try stuff go and do things what are you passionate about what do you like uh not what you're forced to uh, but who are you just start doing stuff with that and see what happens yeah i agree i can't agree more i think that we and i, I probably would have done that to my children as well um but it's beautiful watching now you know my daughter she sits in our studio she's a producer but it's beautiful watching someone just walk into what they feel they're created and do mm. let's walk into it and i think for me, being able to, that's why I do what I do is because I want to see people walk in what they are designed for. Yeah. A bit different than purpose. Here's one for you. The per, your purpose is you. Your purpose is you. Yeah. Your purpose is you. People get stuck on, what's my purpose? My purpose is to build cranes or fly airplanes or, or, or be a, this or be a, that. No, that's all the doing that you might do. Mm. Your purpose is you. Your purpose is to unlock that beautiful creativity that you've been given by God mm. um, to be the ripple effect in the world that brings change in a positive way. Mm. That's the purpose, you know. So starting at number one, mindset. You say mindset. Now, okay. I would rather have those around the other way because I absolutely believe that my habits have created me a better mindset rather than my mindset's yep. created me better habits. But... You've got mindset. So let's just talk this. You've got, we've got the, the creating your, create your ultimate tomorrow today. So what we're talking about here is being, living in tomorrow is not going to actually bring it to today, but we can create a better tomorrow today. And, and these are the 10 steps that Kingsley's got that are very effective and very successful. And they will, they're little habits you can stack on top of each other. But number one is mindset. So I have a question here, how? Okay, let me go back to what the ultimate tomorrow is. Okay. Because a lot of people think ultimate tomorrow and they're, they're in Bali on a beach yeah, working. Uh, in a hotel somewhere and they got people waiting on them yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, So and that is my life. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Most people think that is utopia and what they want. Exactly. But the reality is... The interesting with dopamine, everybody wants that dopamine. Dopamine, the best way to get dopamine is to actually be striving for something, working towards something passionately. That's where most of our happiness and our joy so, and our dopamine and stuff comes from. So self-achievement. But by the actual working towards stuff. Yeah. Wow. That's where it comes from. That's the best way to get it. Yeah. And that's why when you go out and you exercise in the morning, and you come back, that's why you feel so good because you've been striving. You're actually doing stuff. You're not just sitting around. How often is it, and you've probably had days at work where you actually go and you muck around. You're not really doing any thing at work. Not much is happening. You actually feel really bad at the end of the day. Yeah. Or you can go in and you're working hard all day and you get a lot of stuff done and you've pushed hard. At the end of the day, you feel amazing. Mm. That's why. Yeah, there you go. It's so the ultimate tomorrow is not about utopia and being lazy and 
being waited on or whatever. The ultimate tomorrow is creating the life that we want to create. That's why I don't believe in retirement. Yeah, you and me, brother. Absolutely not. It, We're only just getting started. It, 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 it's only been around for like 140 years. Before that, retirement didn't exist, and it was only created for people who were disabled. Oh, really? Or were at a point in their age where they physically couldn't do stuff because back then it was all labor work yeah. is what happened. Yeah, That's where it comes from. And that's why the stats go on about how within five years after retiring, if you don't have something to work for, a lot of people actually physically die. Yeah. Because they don't have vision. Without vision, people perish. People perish. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> totally. Um, so that's why we've got to have that. So the ultimate tomorrow is what do you want to do? The purpose, the you. Where do you want to go? Who do you, I, I like to say, who do you want to help? Yeah. And what's the best way you can help them? Because if we've got that happening, uh, it does amazing things for us. I put up a post yesterday um, on kindness about being kind. The stats come out that by being kind to somebody, when someone is someone's kind to somebody, the peers, the recipient actually feels great. The serotonin they actually feel really good. But for the actual person doing the act of kindness, they get the same level of serotonin. And it actually helps build your immunity as well. Oh, there you go. By being kind. Being kind. Being kind helps build your immunity. Now, I love hearing that. That's brilliant. So all this stuff about wanting to just to be weighted on me and that sort of thing, it, it, it's not the ultimate tomorrow at all. That's no. not what it's about. No. It's about much more than that. But to be doing that, we've got to be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually healthy and whole to be able to go and be in a position to do that sort of thing and operating out of that faith place of love. Yeah. Now that's not to say we shouldn't take times no. where we do chill out and just, you know, be waited on or whatever like that for, for a short period of time Yeah. and then get back into the rest. It's interesting that you're saying all that because I know that over the last, over the last 18 months I've been building healthy life patterns in my own life that, uh, focused on holistic health, spiritual, physical, mental, and, and my soul, everything, every part of me. And I don't get it all right, and I'm a long way from having the stack finished. And I've been very, very uh, – I've, I've, I've looked at a lot of different things in, in how I do it. And, um, but I know, I know this, that, that the more success I get out of the stack, the, the more I want to do it. The less I want to be lazy, mm. the more the more I continue this routine and build this routine, the happier I feel. Yep, I I, I, I more fulfilled and more at peace I feel. I feel, and that's quite the opposite to the way that society is showing us. You know, like mm. you know, working hard, you're going to burn yourself out. Yeah, but work smart. You know, like work yeah. smart. Be be smart. So, yeah, let's get back into it. <laughs> that's Sorry, good it's a, it, no no it's a really good tangent because I think the the evidence of peace success like people want contentment you have to find calm in the chaos mm. so no not a bad tangent at all mate so mindset how um, I think like I said earlier I slept with my laptop and it just played YouTube audio books whatever all night and I think we've got to set out get the positive things into us 
Because if we don't continually feed that good stuff into our mind, it's easy to be watching what's going on in the world and the news and everything like that. And everyone's in hysteria right now because the world's in the worst place ever. No, it's not. <laughs> not by a long shot. There's yeah. been much worse places uh, this, than where we're at this right is, now. This is the only media outlet you should listen to, really. Exactly. <laughs> and mine. Okay, uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but, but because that's all we know and that's all we can relate to, it feels like it. And yeah. if all we do is watch the news and listen to people complaining and grumbling and stuff like that, and sure, there's a lot of bad stuff going on, some ridiculous stuff happening right now. Yeah. But it's not the worst it can be. And are we going to allow that to dictate what our mind is like or are we going to determine what our mind is like and by putting in basic habits one some of the things like with exercise there's a whole ton of stuff exercise does and sleep but it actually builds your personal self-image exercise yeah. and sleep both build your personal self-image and self-worth okay that's part of the, the hormones and things that go through us. But it's also because you feel better about yourself. Yeah. You look better about, your, about yourself. Yeah. And it's the whole mindset thing. That one of the things, and I'm really getting on the topics now, aren't I? Yeah. Um, is the whole body image thing that's out right now. Now, I think to a large degree, we're going around about this as society in the very wrong way. Um, it's not about the size, the shape or everything like that. It's about being healthy. Yeah. That's what it's about. Um, and I had my daughter on the other podcast um, the other day interviewing her being a PT and in the mindset space and nutrition and everything. And her demographic is young, young women is who she works with mostly. Yeah. Um, and she knows people who goes into, go into these competitions and their bodies look muscly and just perfectly toned and just absolutely stunning. She said, but most of them are miserable. Their mindset is really, really bad. And they look like that for a photo shoot and for a few hours and that's it. Yeah. And they don't like it and they can't maintain it. They're not healthy, literally not healthy. Yeah. Uh, my wife was at the gym the other day and this girl come in who apparently was just not the bikini body, so to speak, and didn't look like she was fit at all. But she got on the thing, on the, um, leg press and just killed it and she went and did other stuff no sweat no nothing um and and she could she was able to do stuff she's healthy yeah and there's a big difference between all of that yeah I, i've always said this about um i, I learned this early on and I've, I've been on my own health journey for for a while now but um and i don't like saying size i, I guess I could say it like this, and I'm, I'm going to. Um, before you can be as before you can be a healthy person outside, you need to be a healthy person inside. Mm. That's where it starts. Yeah, hundred. It starts there, no matter what your body image is, because the body will echo how you are really inside. Mm. There's no quick fix for that either. No, not at all. It's a long and proper, it's a mindset, proper long journey. Yeah. So, so what you feed your mind with. Yeah. And so we've got to be careful with what we feed our mind with. Watch, listen to, think about, yeah. all of that sort of stuff. Do you think stuff. what we watch and listen to actually controls what we think about? Totally. Yeah. Because what else are you going to think about? So the w things that we eat with our eyes yeah, and we hear with our ears. Yeah. The word meditation yeah. uh, and there's certain meditation practices you can do which are good, but we're meditating all the time because meditating is just thinking about something over and over and over. 
So what are we meditating on? Yeah. Because that's will direct our life. Habits. Habits what? What? Uh, it's, it's a matter of, again, what life do you want? Yeah. Because in, in the ultimate roadmap, we start off with who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? In five years, what is it? So what do we got to do to get there? And then in that roadmap, we pull it back to five years, two years, one year, uh, quarter, month, week, and then every day. Every day. So all we're doing every day in this is doing little things that are going to create that life that we ultimately want. And as we put our habits into place, that determines our life. Because wherever our life is, that's because of the habits we've had. Yeah. Whether good or bad, whatever it is. That's where our life is now. Yeah. The habits that we've done. And as we build the habits, we need less discipline. We need a lot of discipline to start to build the habits. Yeah. But as we start building the habits, we need less discipline. Yeah, that's what you were saying earlier, isn't it? They become habitual. Yeah. We still need to be self-aware. Yeah. So this is the the ultimate tomorrow roadmap. And you break this down from five years to two years to one year to monthly to weekly to daily yep. to create the habits to become the person that you see yourself in five years. Yeah. So Everything that, in that you do every day, five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the afternoon, that's all it takes wow. to create those habits, to create the life that you want, yeah. the ultimate tomorrow. That's and that's the that's the brilliant way of adding the one percenters. Yeah, and and I like I, I sort of think that it's deceiving the mind as it's one percent. You know, the not can't even <laughs> notice it, but it's not really the right way to look at it. Ignite your vision. Yeah, what's the best practice here? Because I like uh, I like that scripture of going up the rampart to see what you can see in Habakkuk. Yeah, yeah, yep. And that's vision. That's going getting up above. That's I, I'm not answering for you. I want to hear what you have to say. But sounds like you will. <laughs> Actually, I'll stop speaking. Uh, no, um, yeah, how do you, how do you, what's the best practice here for people to ignite their vision? Most of us go through life, and as we're kids, we've got these visions, these dreams, things we want to do, who we're going to be, all that sort of stuff. And then life happens. And then oh, I can't do that now. I'm going to pull back here. I can't do that. I'm going to pull back here. Uh, okay. And then we settle. We settle. We settle for boring, yeah. mundane. I'm fitting in with society. I'm mediocre. fitting in with what's acceptable. Yeah. I'm mediocre and loving it. <laughs> it sounds like you're loving it with an enema. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's how we how we often work. And on the external, people can look at us and it looks good, but internally we're crushed and we're miserable and we're not doing what we want to do. Yeah. Doing this 75 hard reignited some passions in me that I always wanted to do and I thought maybe one day. But it reignited in me these dreams, passions, some purpose yeah. that I'm like, no, I can do that. It's going to take a long time and it's going to take a lot of work. And even if I don't get there, I'm going to work towards it because it's what's placed inside of me and I'm going to do everything I can to make it happen. This whole coaching thing is the first stage of a lot of that happening. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to this, but that's the first stage. So that's me putting into practice all these things from many, many years ago that didn't die, but we just pushed way to the back and going, yeah, one day if a magic fairy dust hits or something, it might happen. But no, I'm starting to work on it. 
ignite whatever dreams are there, start igniting them, start getting it happening. Well, well it, it, like I can completely align with what you're saying, Kingsley, because the same sort of thing, I guess, I, I lived the same sort of thing where I let the dreams die. And I actually even remember saying, I don't want to dream anymore. I, it's mm. just, I just can't. It, it, it's too hard. Mm. I don't want to dream anymore. I don't want to, I don't, I'm happy to just do nothing. That's where the majority go, unfortunately. And it's the saddest, it's the saddest place, I think. It's, it's one of the saddest places. But if someone's so far down that rabbit hole, like you did the 75 hard to dig yourself out of, well, obviously you did it to challenge yourself, but mm. it dug yourself out absolutely. of it. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So it challenged everything inside of me. So, so you are saying that when we're actually put in a pressure cooker of challenge, and that's physical, mental, emotional, then these things can come back out. They can, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it, and this is where mindset's important because that will determine what we do with it. If go. we've got a mindset thinking, no, I actually can do this, yeah. then we'll start doing little things. And it might be a little thing of just writing a journal. Yeah. If you want to get the book out, I don't care if you write a sentence or two. Write a sentence or two. You might want to write more. That might be all you got. Yeah. Just do something. Yeah. It doesn't matter how slow. Just do something towards it. Yeah. So we've got mindset, feeding the mind, feed the mind right. And we've got habits and and get that stack happening, the one percenters. Mm -hmm. And then the best best practice to ignite vision. And, and I, I agree with you. I think writing it down sometimes, just writing a few little lines down sometimes can really ignite uh, vision within us like I know I recently heard and I don't know the science behind this it's just something that I heard um, that writing writing your goals down every day if you've got goals that you're writing them down will actually make you do them it, they actually happen writing them down so getting a little journal and writing a couple of lines it actually will start unlocking those things mm. daily challenge what can this look like Eleanor Roosevelt said, make sure you do one thing every day that takes you out of your comfort zone. And we need to do stuff to get us out of our comfort zone because if we don't, we stay there. So would you still be sticking with the one percenters with this or would you be saying something more extreme? I, I think it's take something on a little bit more extreme. The, the little one percenter type thing, their habits, these are things I want to do. Some of them, and in, in that book is what am I going to do today to get out of my comfort zone in the, in the oh, roadmap. Right. That's one of the questions we ask every day. Yeah. But, and we, we all know here that getting our comfort, out of our comfort zone is where real achievement happens, is where real things actually take place. Yep. Whereas being comfortable is easy. It's yep. nice. Yep. It's safe. I hate safe. It's a four-letter word. <laughs> and we need to get out of our comfort zone because that's the only place where growth happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like when you started doing your ice baths, it probably wasn't the most comfortable thing for you to be doing. <laughs> it's, it's still not comfortable. <laughs> but the difference it makes to you. Yeah. And, and it can be whether it's the way we talk to somebody or going up and talking to a stranger because we know we need to. Starting this podcast, I'm sure that puts you out of your comfort zone. Completely. It still does. But now look what happens and yep. where it's going and yep. what's happening and growth and things like that. It's not until we do those things. Yeah. The real growth happens. So that's how that would look. Daily challenges, making sure that you're putting yourself out of your comfort zone. Every day. And I, I remember talking to a young, I guess we had 
and he had a problem uh, with communication. So what he did was he became an Uber driver mm. <laughs> to learn how to communicate with people properly and connect with people. Great. And develop some pretty incredible relationships out of it. So that's a cool thing. There's one for everyone. If you have a problem, if you're a, <laughs> if you're an introvert, become an Uber driver. <laughs> uh, I love Uber drivers. Every Uber I get into, I'm like asking the questions. Yeah, yeah. Love no, because especially if they're closed off, I can I dig in here? Can I get something out of this person? Frustrates my wife, but hey. <laughs> uh, you can do more. Before you say it, David Goggins says we only ever operate at forty percent of our capacity in a physical challenge. So when you're tapped out and you're feeling like you're completely exhausted, you've actually only used 40% of your capacity. Uh, I, like, I don't know, I did fire to failure this morning in my training session uh, on a couple of exercises and thinking about that, I've gone, yeah, but I, I couldn't have lifted another thing, uh, uh, 40%. So you can do more. We can all do more than we think we can. We all have this level that we've set inside of where we're at. I know sometimes I get up and to do my exercise and I don't want to. And my wife's got this habit of buying really comfortable dunas and <laughs> things like this. So, and it seems like every year just before winter, she likes to do this. Uh, right. Where there's either a new underlay, a mattress cover on the bed or a new duna cover or something and it just makes it so much harder to get out of bed. And I feel like I can't do anything. But as I go out and start doing it, I realize I can do more. Yeah. And then when you're there, it's like, oh, I'm actually enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> so you push yourself that little bit harder and a little bit harder. And whatever it is, wherever we're at in life and we think we're at it, there is always more that we can do. Yeah. Whether it's with our business, our personal life, our family, whatever it is, wherever we feel like that blockage is, there's so much further we got to go. We just got to push ourselves, yeah. have that mindset in place and push ourselves to, to, to make sure we do it. It's, it's sort of like the intimate question we should be asking ourselves uh, in all those scenarios is, have I done everything I can? Mm. That's a great question. Have I done everything I can? I know my coach asks me that when I'm <laughs> saying to him, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if we've got the answer. He says, have you done everything you can? I can always ask, I can, my answer is always no. Yeah, it's true for yeah. all of us. That's yeah. a great question. <laughs> Isn't it? Um, <laughs> that's, you can do more and I believe it. Uh, the inconvenience of convenience. So I have a little quote here that uh, the inconvenience of convenience, status quo is our biggest enemy. Mm, love it yeah so yeah inconvenience of convenience let's go yeah like i just said with the doona or or your car now you get a car you keep the key in your pocket or your bag or whatever you go and just open the door you press a button where you go you put the heater on in the seats um your car moves into the right spot so it's all convenient it's it's all convenient and so we've designed our lives to be convenient with all these conveniences how easy is it to go and get food nowadays? Mm. It's not expensive. No. It's so easy. You just drive through, you've got your food, and away we go. Mm. The trouble with that is that we've got that food and it's not really good for us. It was convenient, 
but it's inconvenient. So that convenience makes it inconvenient for us to actually think about what we're eating, making sure we're putting the right sort of food into our mouth that's going to fuel the rest of our body and make the rest of us operate properly. And because we've created all these conveniences around us, it's very inconvenient in order for us to be able to grow further. That's brilliant. Actually, I really, really like that. So what you're saying is the convenience of comfortable makes it too hard for us to become uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah, that's really, really good. I love that one. Actually, I'm loving all of them. <laughs> Be present. Amy Cuddy wrote a brilliant book. I don't know if you've read it called Presence. I haven't read it, but I have heard about it. Absolutely. I highly endorse it, mate. Get into that because your your Be Present uh, number seven is uh, is all about that and what she says. And I've, I found it's actually one of the books like Atomic Habits, like Stephen Covey's um, uh, Seven Habits of Effective People. And there's been books that have I've actually gone, this book has changed the way I think yeah. and changed the way I should be. And so, and I believe it was one of them okay. um, for me when I started this self awareness. Yeah, yeah. So I can't, um, great TED talk with her. Um, so yeah, be present at, so how do we be present in this day and age? Now I'm not saying this day and age is bad at all. I think it's great. I love the technology age of people are mm. poo poo on it, but how do we use it better? It's like, I remember hearing, um, the guy who used to be the CEO of Google X, him saying, talking about AI. And he said about AI, he said, in the next uh, 15 years, AI is going to take over the world. And it's starting to do that. You can see it, people using AI everywhere. And he said this, he said, uh, I'm not getting off track, but he said that if we become friends with it, it will benefit us. But if we reject it, it will, it will, be our enemy and so technology is here yeah and so we need to be friends with it yeah absolutely like any technology embrace it for what it is yeah exactly yeah so how but with the with this bombardment of stimulus and you know adhd is at its highest they say right now and that may only get worse and i'm like well we keep diagnosing things you know why don't we just let Stop the diagnosis and yeah. just let people have fun. You know, like they want they they can't their attention span's short. So what? Let them just get up and have fun. Do what do what they got to do. You know, um, now I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> so um, yeah. How how do we be present with so much stimulus? It's a mindset. It's what are you going to do? It's a habit. So I can either you can ask your questions or whatever. And, yeah fine sorry what were we talking about yeah or i can go i want to engage with you right now so i'm present i'm here physically mentally emotionally i'm here i'm in this podcast i'm working with you to do this and if you're in business in sales or anything like that and you're not present people will know they're out of there and you're not going to get the deal very often. <laughs> if you're at home with your spouse and you're present, they know. Or with your kids, probably even more importantly, especially as they're growing up, mm. they know that you're present. And to me, it's a form of love. 
being present because you're giving yourself to that person. And I know as guys, and I'm probably more this than anybody, I know guys have a reputation for it, but it's like wife comes in, she's got this issue. It's like bang, 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 just do that. Everything will be fine. They don't care about a solution. Would you just be here, be present with me and listen to what I've got to say? Listen to me offload. That's being present. And it's not easy for me. It's a hard one. And that's why it came up in this, I think, because I think throughout this whole process, it really hit me on how I wasn't good at this and I had to get better at it. And so just being present uh, is such a powerful, we have no idea how powerful being present actually is and how it makes the other people feel. It's like when someone comes to tell you their problems and you just listen to them and after the end they're like, oh, you're so wise. Thank you so much for everything you said. <laughs> you're like, I said hello. Uh, and that's it. But you're present and just being there, whether it's a business or a personal thing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Massive difference. Along what you said about sales and, and business because I, found, I find that quite a lot, you know, with people pitching or with, with business that you're trying to do, yeah, I think it's the easier way to build a relationship. And business is all about building relationships. Mm. You know, you're not going to have much business if you don't build much relationships. Yeah. yeah. And so that's a big key there for everyone in business, you know, be present, learn how to be present. And as a parent with kids, especially when they're younger, I remember I've never told my kids this, <laughs> but my two girls when they were younger and they wanted to have tea parties, Oh, mate. <laughs> you have no idea how painful that was every time I had to do that. But I also knew that they needed that yeah. and they needed me there. That's why in grade 11 and 12, when I go to the sports carnivals in front of all their friends, they'd come up and give me a big hug Yeah, right. and walk me back to their friends. Wow. Wow. Um, it's that being present there. I hated it. <laughs> Absolutely hated it. Hear, but hear that girls now um you can arrange a tea party for your dad next time he visits <laughs> <laughs> but it, it made all the difference in the world yeah yeah i honor you for that because i don't think i got there um i don't think i i got there with mine and i i know that i've had to and i could probably say this for all four of my children like there was a particular time going through the, the time when they probably needed me the most in, in all their lives, that I was travelling so much and yeah, work so much and my head was probably more in me than it was in, in anything mm. else. So it was hard to put them in the place that they needed to be. And I, I know that I've sat with my youngest daughter and talked to her about that and um, walked through that wound with her and I probably needed to do it with all of them, really. Um so, and yeah. none of us are permanent. Like I, I did a right. lot of bad stuff as a parent yeah. as well. Every time, yeah. that's just one that I managed to, yeah. uh, to I guess do relatively. You, you know what? Well. Like, just a side note. Just like, we'll pause it there. Be present. But, but I just re remember something I've been thinking about recently. About uh, as parents, we we when we become self aware, and we see that yeah, we do bad stuff to our children, but. In my life, I don't think I would have wanted all the bad stuff that I would say my parents did to me to have changed at all because 
Yeah, as, as long as we want to, it's like almost another utopia we want to feed our children into. But it's yeah. made me a very resilient person. Yeah, exactly. And um, I've been thinking about this on this level. Is so so often we want to get in and change when we see an injustice. Mm. We see something happen that shouldn't happen. Yeah, and we want to get involved and change it, but it actually we shouldn't. Mm. We should allow those things. And I'm not talking about. Horrific injustices. I'm just probably talking about personality injustices, you know. Yeah, yeah. We should just let that happen because that builds resilience in people and strength in people. Anyway, that was a side note. No, I, I totally agree that we try to help people out of things too early and they don't get the benefit of the issue that they're going through. Yeah. Whereas if we let them go for a little while, be there, yeah. but let them go um, and let them deal with it and let them learn and grow from it, that's one of the best things we can do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely always be learning you know and here's my question <laughs> with so much out there how do you know what you should be learning like there's so much like i have this statement chew on the fish and spit out the bones yeah because there is so much and i know there's been times where i've gone i can't listen to another podcast i can't read another book i can't take anything else in i'm like my i'm full you know i'm tapped out um but I think there's so much information out there now. Uh, s- sticking on creating the ultimate tomorrow, how do we know what to learn? What do you want your ultimate tomorrow to be? Yeah, I guess that's the answer. So if you know what that is, you know what you need to learn. There you go. Well, that was an easy answer. <laughs> <laughs> accountability, you know, and you said this uh, with, with accountability, it's different to what you think. What is it different than what I think? Um, I think for most of us, if not all of us, we always think we've got to have someone looking over us and checking on us and making sure we've got everything done and doing the, the right thing and we'll make sure we've done the stuff we're supposed to do. Whereas the whole self-accountability thing is incredibly powerful. And I believe, like you said before, the five people around us is incredibly important. And we need accountability factors and that sort of thing. Um, but at the same time, we can be self-accountable as well if we've got the mindset in place. If we know where we want to go and if we know what we want to do, that self-accountability as an incredible driver and it's incredibly motivating and it's a great way to be able to build yourself, make yourself resilient at the same time. Yeah. And I learned that by going through the 75 hard because there was an app there. And like we talked about before, I could have ticked the boxes and not done a thing and just sat on the couch and ate twisties. Yeah, right. But it was the self-accountability, me daring to be honest with myself, um, that actually made me do that Wow. and put through that. And so that self-accountability where you know you really want to go and what you really want to do, uh, makes all the difference because then if you want to, let's say you do want to lose weight or if you do want to um, save to go somewhere and do something, it's your own accountability that's going to make you do it. You're not relying on anybody else to force you to do something. Mm-hmm. It's your own accountability of yourself to doing the right thing that's going to get you where you want to go. Yeah, I, I would also have to add to that if that's okay if I do. Um, what I've found with the self-accountability, 
is it builds self-validation. So, yeah, great. Self-acceptance. Yeah. You know, all the things that we shouldn't really be looking for externally Mm. because that'll send us down that spiral of, yeah, yeah. that's a good point. I'm going to steal that. You can, mate. That one's free. Thank you. The next one you'll have to pay for. Okay. (laughs) Um, And the last point in in our little book here, Creating Your Ultimate Tomorrow Today, is it doesn't get easier. That doesn't sound like I really want to pick that one up. <laughs> <laughs> so how, what do you mean by it doesn't get easier? Anyone who's at, at uni understands that, like my daughter's doing uni uh, while she's working to other jobs and doing full-time uni at the same time. They're way too drunk, <laughs> seriously. Um, <laughs> she's got uni exams to finish. And as she gets closer, it gets harder and harder for her to keep going and keep doing it. When you set up this amazing facility that you've done here and creating this podcast, as you got towards the end of it, it would have got frustrating. It's like, I just want to finish this. I just want to get it done. It's, it seems like it's harder as you get closer to the end. Yeah. And whenever we're going somewhere, the journey doesn't necessarily get any easier. Uh, because as we get closer to the end, we just want to be more there at the end and have it done. And so what we've got to do, if we realize that's the case, and again, have the mindset and the habits in place so that I'm just going to keep going and make it happen. Yeah. And if it's going to take me a long time to get there, then it's going to take me a long time to get there, but I'm going to get there. Yeah. Now, some things with exams and, you know, when you've got to launch things or pro- products you need to get out or whatever there's a timeline and you need to to do that and get there but things don't get easier necessarily we just need to push through and make it happen yeah I and if we understand that yeah we'll go with it yeah i completely understand that when you think about it in a practical sense of like maybe say climbing everest mm. it, it's it's the last or like not that i've ever climbed everest but from what I've seen, the footage I've seen, the movies that I've seen about it, it's the last kilometer that's the hardest, or it's the yeah. last five hundred meters that's the most difficult. And but it's the resilience that you built. Like I did, I did uh, the Kokoda Trail a few years ago, and I, I was I was strong enough to do the first couple of days. And I, look, I was strong enough to do the whole thing, but the strength I got and gained through every day, I got stronger and stronger and stronger to get to the end. So mm. that's what you're talking about yeah. there is it's not going to get any easier, but you will grow the resilience and the strength yeah. to be able to achieve it if you stay focused. And just, yeah, and you just will get there. Start with yeah. a 30-day mindset rather than a 75-day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Brilliant, mate. Um, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, it's been so good having you here and talking all things uh, Kingsley Collie and looking forward to spending more time with you, mate, and um, learning more about this stuff and, and gleaning from you, which is something I love doing. Um, what One piece of advice for everybody, just one. Um, I think at the end of my podcast, I will always ask people what is the ultimate tomorrow for them, and I get a good answer, and then how you're going to implement it. So for me, it's like where are you going? And if you don't know, just find what you want to do Put it down and start working towards it. And if it changes, it changes. Who cares? Life's about living and being enjoyed. If it changes, that's fine. But create the ultimate tomorrow that you want and then just start putting things in place. And if it changes, so be it. Yeah. It's your life to deal with. 
mate, um, for everyone to connect with you, for, for them to be able to connect with this, uh, to get into what you're doing, um, where do we where do we do that? Where do we where do people connect with you? Uh, just go to um, look up my name, Kingsley Collie, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, or go tomorrowisnottoday.com and Facebook and Instagram for that as well. Great, mate. You all heard that. You can all connect with him and do it because it's a it's a great thing. We hopefully we brought some value to everyone today, understanding that there is some things that you can do if you're stuck. That's amazing. Um, I do normally or generally ask our guests what their mission is, but I think you've well and truly explained <laughs> you what your mission is. Mate, do you have anything else you want to add? I just want to say thank you. It's been great getting to know you. I know we were introduced, <laughs> even though we should have known each other. Each other all our lives, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, and I appreciate what you're doing and where you're going and your heart towards the whole um, podcast and where you're going and externally and other things you're doing as well and just – it's all about serving and helping people in the area that you believe you're called to do that. And I, I absolutely love it. And uh, thank you for the honour of being part of the podcast. I appreciate you, mate. appreciate you. It's been good having you here. That was the end of another episode. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to rate, review and subscribe as this will help me get my message out to more people. If you've heard anything today that has resonated with you, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Cartledge. All the other ways to contact me will be in the show notes. I'd love to chat and hear your thoughts. Can't wait to conflab next week.